Are you ready? Let's go. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome back to the Fringe Benefits Podcast. I'm your host, Emma Dignan, and today I am joined by a very special person, Emily Reynolds. Hey, Emily. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm really excited to have you here. So for everyone listening, um, Emily is my work colleague. So we both work for a large drinks company. I prefer the term work wife. Yeah, okay, work wife. (laughs) We didn't put that in um, in the little show notes that we have. We work for a large drinks company. We've chosen those words very specifically to make sure that Mm -hmm. we don't get in any trouble but yeah we work mainly in internal communications and before you moved here you were also a journalist I was yeah yeah so we're kind of like the comms girls (laughs) yeah we are the comms girls yeah completely different to any other podcast (laughs) that's been created (laughs) because no one works in communication (laughs) but we do get to do um some really fun stuff and yeah I started with the company around late late August last year and my saving grace has been working with you I would not have been able to survive I would it's it's crazy corporate can be crazy you know high reward high stress sometimes but yeah it's high pressure but we get things done we have fun as you always say (laughs) around the office like when I'm having a breakdown I'm like we have fun we We have have fun fun. (laughs) at least we're having fun so I'm I have Emily on the podcast today because not only are you communications professional but you're a huge pop culture expert yeah I think expert might be a bit of a stretch I would say obsessive (laughs) (laughs) I am definitely obsessed with all things pop culture Yes, I'm really excited to have a chat with you about yes. those sort of things today. Yes, you're always every morning coming in. in okay, it was Love Island, also The Bachelor, Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. Now I've gotten you onto Married at First yes, Sight, which I've is awesome. I've never watched Married at First Sight. Um, so this is my first season and I don't know what I did without it. I'm so, <laughs> so obsessed with these people following their lives, their storylines. I just, yeah, it's probably my favourite reality TV show now. It's I love it. awesome. <laughs> I feel like it's at the stage with a lot of reality TV shows, which we'll get into a little bit later, it gets to a stage where the first couple of seasons are really natural and really organic and then it starts to get a little bit overproduced the storylines really come mm-hmm. through and I really do feel like that's happening a lot this year it's being pushed to be very dramatic yeah yeah I think there's a lot of producer intervention and a lot of editing mm. going on mm-hmm. in saying that I live for the drama so <laughs> no, absolutely. 100%. I, yeah I absolutely love it reality tv is definitely a passion of mine a passion I love that as well I will We'll get into it a little bit later because otherwise we're going to spend the entire podcast talking about reality TV. But that yes, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it wouldn't be. But yeah, so Fringe, Fringe Benefits. It's been yeah officially a week into the Fringe-ish, a week in like half I believe and since the last podcast I've seen a few shows and gone to a few events I just wanted to catch you guys up on what I've seen and what I thought about them yeah um, you seem like you're going out every single night I'm so tired <laughs> for events. Oh, I'm so every jealous. year I, I've actually scaled back from the last couple of years to this is my fourth year as being an accredited fringe media outlet and for the first couple of years being a uni student it was much easier to go out every night and go to the fringe club every oh, yeah. night and write reviews wake up 
up at 11 and get my uni work done, second priority, and then and then be out and about. But as we do grow older, we have oh, responsibilities. <laughs> You're still getting it done, though. You're still yeah. out there every night. I am. Uh, I'm trying. Yeah. I think the bit, the hardest part is just finding people to go with. I'm, like, bullying yeah. my mum to come out with me every night. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she loves it. Oh, yeah. No, have you, how good. many times did you go in the last week? I think I've been about probably three or four times. We did have a work event last week, which we went to, and I didn't go mm-hmm. out after that. Yeah, so since the last podcast, I saw the Gospel Collective, thanks to Little Lion PR, um, and they're always really, really great. Shazi Jones produces everything. Yeah, every year they just glam it out of the park. I know her sister is also a fashion blogger, so that's how I kind of know them a little bit. And this year they focus specifically on Australian anthems, and yeah, it was great. Um, and my mum loved it. So if my mum loved it, I feel like that is a really good indication of everyone will really enjoy it. Yeah, it can speak to all demographics. Yeah. So specifically mid 50s <laughs> white women um, and isn't that where the money is at I always went to Blanc de Blanc with my writer Taylor and that was really great so they have come through the Adelaide Fringe a few times so far and this year they're bringing Blanc de Blanc encore and I believe it's a little bit different than what they've done in the past but it was really funny yeah, so, tell me about Blanc de Blanc because I've heard about it but I have not been. Yeah, okay. Well, I was expecting it. It's like cabaret. It's a little bit burlesque mm-hmm. You think, oh, it's going to be really classy. And then when it act like the first scene that came out, these two French blokes walk on stage and this guy has his balls hanging out of his zipper and his Legit, pants. Legit, his yeah. actual, yeah. his real life yeah. balls. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they were shaved. Um, well, they, were, they were clean, they were a nice, you know. Well, at least he keeps it classy. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it was crude adult humour, but it was done really well. Oh, I really enjoy adult humour when it's not just, like I've been to friend shows in the past when it's just imitating sex moves and just shouting the C word as loud as you can to try and solicit laughs. This was actually done pretty pretty well. Yeah, that's my least type of, least favourite type of humour, I think, when people just swear loudly at a crowd and expect them to laugh. Yeah, I mean. So frustrating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was really good. They did, my my favourite part was that there's this big pole in the middle of the stage and it's bendy, but it, it's not breakable. What do they do with the pole? Yeah. <laughs> the performers tie themselves onto the end of the pole because what? it's not attached to anything at the top and yeah. they swing around the whole tent above the audience and there was a girl who had her like leg wrapped around the pole and had a bottle of champagne and was going around pouring it in people's mouths like literally hanging that above them. That sounds amazing. It was it was crazy. I'm, but you do look at them though and you're like, I can't touch my toes. No, no, no. <laughs> These are the real life acrobats, aren't they? Yes. So talented. Yes. Yeah, yeah, performers. All Everyone was really ripped. I was watching one woman and you work out every day I can tell 100%, yeah so that was really fun I also went to vote dancing repeat in gluttony and I just kind of I was there with a whole bunch of friends and it was a ticketed event but I was like hi my friends from inside can I go in and they were like yeah just go in Dal that's nice yeah I, I find like if they do have spare tickets available like I've done it over the past couple of years maybe that's a little secret fringe trick if you're just really nice sometimes people do let you in at the very end or during the show if It was kind of like a show people were going in and out of, but the premise of Vote Dancing Repeat is that I think there's a website that you can go in on your phone and vote for the next song while you're all dancing with everyone. So, yeah, that was So it's kind of like the equivalent of going up to a DJ and being like, play my song next. Having three shots of Fireball and screaming (laughs) at the DJ or writing it in your notes, being like, I'm an Ariana Grande. How did you know who I used to be? (laughs) (laughs) Fireball was my my favourite. I am that girl. (laughs) Yeah, so that has been 
in the last week, the few shows that I have been looking into and going to, which has been really yeah. fun. I feel like now is a good time for me to admit that I haven't actually been to the Fringe yet. That's okay. <laughs> so I feel like I'm a bit of a fraud being on this podcast oh. right now. <laughs> However, I have planned this weekend to go and I'm really I know. excited. Where you want, oh, anything that you're going to that you have on your recommendations or something different? No, they're both in my recommendations. Okay, so we'll okay cool. To that. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Oh, exciting. Yeah, this time of the year is really good to get out. I mean, but the big thing about your personal situation which I haven't even said yet is that you're a very big thing yeah you're also pregnant yes so that's a bit of a different I am five months pregnant Mm -hmm. and I used to I look at Emma with envy every morning when she comes in (laughs) just having wild yeah smelling like secondhand smoke (laughs) (laughs) amazing nights out because that used to be my life so it has been a huge turnaround for me in the past five months but we're getting through it yeah, and it's exciting, and it's really yeah. fun to be able to kind of like join you in that journey. Yeah, journey, yeah, yeah. A bit of an eye opener for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And for me, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, learning a lot of stuff for the very first time. And I know you've talked before about it's hard being like a really strong feminist, mm. also with pregnancy, because it's values aligning the way that they did before you were pregnant doesn't always translate now. Yeah, yeah, it's been really difficult. It's been a huge learning curve because I don't think I have ever heard people speak about being a feminist and being pregnant before mm. in the past mm-hmm. and maybe that's just because when you have the baby you sort of forget all baby the things brain. <laughs> yeah you forget about all the things that you went through while you were pregnant but it has been yeah it's been crazy so just having people openly speak about my body mm-hmm. to me has been um, something that I've really struggled to deal with for example <laughs> just the other day Someone came up to me and said that their sister is the same many weeks pregnant as I am. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, oh, but she's not really showing yet because she's naturally really thin. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. do we comment on people's bodies like that? Because that's still offensive. There's a huge rhetoric about talking and how you interact with pregnant women versus women who aren't pregnant. Yeah. Even I catch myself sometimes. I'm very selective with the wording that I use around you because we are brought up to just say a lot of different things yeah yeah people are pregnant people often forget that pregnant people are still the people that they yeah. were before they were pregnant and sort of view them as you know pregnant woman yeah instead You're of still a Emily person. who was pregnant <laughs> and I think it comes back to a really huge overarching feminist issue which is pregnancy and women and taking away the person of who you are when you have children you then become a mother mm. and you are only seen as a mother yeah and how yet society views that and how fathers or dads in that situation situation can still do what they want to do and go out and still have their own lives and still have their own autonomy but a woman who is pregnant is now put in this box of you are anti-sexualized almost like people will completely treat you differently versus yeah like five months ago where if you're not pregnant they would maybe still comment but comment in a very different way yeah or not comments at all like I feel like a big learning that I've taken out of this and that I'm trying to spread to other people is that if someone in your life gets pregnant just don't comment on them. Ask them a question instead. Instead yeah. of saying, wow, you look really big today, say, how are you feeling today? Like, yeah. Simple stuff like that that I've probably been guilty of in the past as Absolutely. well. And, and so it has, yeah, it's just been a huge learning for me. But we're getting through it. <laughs> we're getting through it. And awesome, we're getting through it. So, <laughs> yeah, let's have a chat about everything that's going on right now in life. So I was saying to you the other day, on the weekend I had like an engagement party. I had an uh, event for SA Mushrooms that was really bougie and really yeah, fun. I saw I Instagram stories. Yeah, I need to post some more about it. I like take all the photos and then I always forget to just upload. Mm. And I also met up with my friend Tash Hers and she is actually on this current season of Married at First Sight. Ooh. 
which is very exciting. And so it has exciting. been quite fun. I don't think anyone has breached contract at all. Let's just say that first up. But it has been fun hearing about the ins and the outs of being on a reality TV show further from just watching that TV show. Yeah, it's blown my mind as well. As someone who has been the biggest reality TV obsessive in the world for the past two decades almost, hearing it from the horse's mouth via you has been so fascinating. What's been the main takeaway when you've been speaking with Tash about her experience? Um, I think... The main takeaway, honestly, is about how much being on a TV show like that can affect your mental health. It's really fun to hear the gossip, and it's really fun to know what's going to happen before it happens, how much the average person who they they might have gone on without having any um, mental health support beforehand, or they might have had a little bit, but I don't think anything can prepare you for being thrown into the public eye and being judged by millions. Like I said the other day, you have one bad comment on like your Instagram, and you're like, oh, oh, that's a bit rude. You have two and you're like, fucking bitches. You have three and you're like, oh, maybe these people have a point. You have four and you feel like you're being ganged up on. Yeah. Imagine having hundreds and hundreds of people. And especially, yeah, and especially for Tash saying you're not gay, saying Mm -hmm. you're, you know, not a gay person and I don't believe you are. Some of the tweets from my research because I'm helping her with her PR and monitor the social media and, and what people are thinking about her, the social sentiment about her um, brand. A lot of older white men have a lot to say about a young woman. Of course they do. A young gay woman. It must be so difficult as well because these people go on these TV shows and you never go into it thinking that you're going to have a bad edit. You go no. into it thinking that people are going to love you or if they don't love you then you're just going to be yourself and, and that's fine. That's all you can yeah, be. Yeah, I think I'm going to be your Australia's sweetheart personally <laughs> from this year. So, you know, they're actually totally going to go. They're casting at the moment. I, I know, I saw it. It's so scary. Um, but the thing is, when they go on these shows, what the viewers see is only a tiny fraction of their personality that's amped up to be a caricature as mm. opposed to a whole well-rounded person. Yeah. So we're judging these people not on who they are as multifaceted. I mean, women especially, because I yeah. think that women generally get worse edits than men. Absolutely. We're not seeing them as these multifaceted women with thoughts and feelings and and everything we're seeing them as a caricature and then we're placing judgment on them based wholly on that it would just be incredibly difficult that the masses hundreds of thousands of people think that they know you yeah that they they don't they know a producer's edit of you yeah and they feel like they have agency over what you do and how they can comment on you and i think that can be dangerous especially with what happened the other week with the love island host who died by suicide caroline flat yeah so caroline flat really tragically committed suicide a week and a half ago and that was after she had received brutal public scrutiny on Mm. social media and in the press in the UK and we all know the UK press can be incredibly harsh I mean so can the Australian press so can all press but the UK especially renowned for being quite brutal (laughs) Mm -hmm. so I think yeah the thing to learn from that is that you don't know who these people are and I always think you know when people get so riled up with reality TV and trust me I'm one of them it riles me up I get really passionate about it I love it but then to find that person on Instagram Mm. that has riled you up and put a comment on their Instagram saying something horrendous about them. Like, who what does kind of person, that? Who, what who kind does of that? person does How that? How many times I write a comment, I say my piece, and then I delete the comment. I don't post it. Same with my Twitter. I will get it out, and then I do not post because I have a thing called decency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have some respect for yourself, and you're not going to be that kind of person. I would much rather, if I'm watching a show like Maths, and the people that I really resonate with, 
are honestly few and far between. Like, I love Tash, but obviously she's gone home. Now, I think Ivan and Alex are the only ones that I really love. I just think that they're beautiful and hilarious. Yeah, the other people, I was literally just going to say characters. The other people on they, the TV show, I do not relate to, so therefore I don't care for and I don't wish them well to a degree because yeah. I'm just like, well, you don't represent me, so so yeah. yeah but you're not going to go to their Instagram and write horrible things. Hell no. Instead, why don't we all go to the people that we like and write something nice to them? Yeah. Because then you're still enjoying it. You're still interacting with the contestants from the show, but you're not being a fucking asshole. Yeah. I think the passion and the power behind a nasty comment is larger within ourselves than it is for a nice comment. I'm that kind of girl that if I see a girl on the street and I like her outfit, I will stop her on the sidewalk and say, you look great today. But it's much easier to turn to your friend and say a really nasty comment. I walked into the engagement party on the weekend mm. and I walked in and I was wearing my stunning gold skirt, which I love. And on the Wednesday night. Can I confirm I've seen this skirt. Yes. <laughs> I was at Blanc de Blanc a couple of days before and this guy was like, you look amazing. Oh my God, stunning. And then I wore the same outfit to the engagement party. And um, as I walked in, a girl that I had gone to school with, but I do not know to any degree, she turns to her friend and goes, I can't believe she's wearing that. <laughs> and I'm like, shut the fuck up, you stupid bitch. <laughs> Seriously. And she's, she's saying it clearly in earshot of you as well. Like, yeah. Just, it's just jealousy. That actually yeah, reminds me of jealousy. a time. This is a long time ago, but I'm much older than Emma. I'm 31. But when I went to 21, <laughs> 21st birthdays 10 years ago, my um, housemate was really into sewing at the time. And she sewed me this dress that I felt like a million bucks in this dress. Like, yeah. it had, it was like a wrap dress, and the sleeves were made of feathers like black feathers and the whole dress is black and I just thought that I would yeah I felt incredibly you loved it you were feeling it yeah yes. felt incredibly confident in this dress walked into this 21st and this girl who I didn't have any beef with who I'd never really spoke to I thought she was quite shy during high school posted on her Facebook a photo of me that she took secretly saying oh how many God. birds had to die for that dress I think that just really amazes me more than anything else because babe you don't know like how that dress was made you don't that, that a designer could have walked the streets with disease written feathers that were you know eco cruelty free like, we were 21 the dress was made of plastic it was all well, fake I was gonna say like plastic we feathers surely yeah. surely they were fake yeah it's so funny I was at the party and so someone came straight up to me with, the, with me. the phone <laughs> on like your it would have been like a flip phone LG and you had like t- had to wait 10 I'm minutes for that the data old. it was to, an iPhone <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, um, yeah, Married at First Sight has been quite the trip so far. And I think it is interesting of how women are conveyed on television and in the media and how many articles are coming out from the Daily Mail and from like pedestrian, similar websites, such like that, that do have quite a low reputation to begin with, are pumping out articles. But one thing that I have found funny is usually every year I see these articles and I'm like, that's BS. A lot of the articles this year knowing what goes on behind the scenes, I'm like, yeah, they're exaggerated, but they actually do have a bit of merit behind them. Yeah, it seems as, I mean, as I said, this is the first year that I've watched Maths, but it does seem as the years go on, people are breaking contract and yeah. wanting to get their side of the story out Absolutely. before the other person can speak. That's and I think what that's, has happened, yeah. Yeah, that's what's happening at the moment, especially with Mikey and Natasha. Mikey mm-hmm. is talking all over the shop right now. And Michael as well, of course, has done many radio interviews yes. in the past few days. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
Well, we, we wish everyone the best. We will see how it continues to go on Mavs. I, I have asked Tash as well to come on the podcast, so depending on her schedule and what she's up to, I'll try and get her on because she'll probably have some juicy goss to share with us. Um, but another reality TV show which is coming out this weekend <laughs> is one of our favourite, Drag Race. Woo! So RuPaul's excited. Uh, Ru- RuPaul, uh, all stars. No, that's not right, Emma. <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm so excited. I actually thought that this was coming out uh, last weekend mm-hmm. and clear my schedule. Yeah. Got my food, like my great snack, sat on the couch ready to watch it and it wasn't there and I almost cried. Yeah. So I am so excited. My routine would be come home on a Friday, like start getting ready to go out with it on next to me to my makeup table and like do my makeup while I'm watching it. And I'm as I'm doing my makeup, just more glitters going on and like <laughs> my lashes are getting bigger and like everything. Yeah, just it builds absolutely i'm really excited when i first saw the queens that they had on the initial runway because it was very industrial underground kind of feel i was like i don't like anyone i'm not impressed but as usual i kind of stalked them all on instagram and i definitely have a few favorites okay tell me because i watched it so you came into work very excited that the first Preview. Meet the Queens. Yeah, yeah, it had come up. So I watched it at work and was taking notes at the same time. Yes. <laughs> so that we could, that. So that I, we could I was talk watching about you do that and I legitimately thought you were working though. And then no. I realised what you were doing and I'm like, mm, she knows. It was on my lunch break. I ate lunch at my desk, so it's okay. Yeah, my, my lunch break goes for two hours. So yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I really like Britta Filter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was one of my favourites. She's called Gigi, I think her name is. She's She wore like a really cute tartan little outfit for the runway. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was the thing? of the runway well because they have it hosted by the winner from the previous season which is evie oddly it was kind of a yeah like underground and like i think it was resistance oh i okay i have them up in front of me right now so yeah um the personal method i was a big fan of as well I'm just like, yeah, I, yeah, I like her. I'm really keen for Jada Essence Hall. I think yeah, she's going to win. Yeah, no, me too. I really, I honestly, like, her first look, well, I'm dead. Um, I'm really keen to see um, Rock M. Sakura as well. Mm-hmm. I think she's really cute and she's already addressed the whole issue. People have been calling her out for having similar makeup to Trixie and she's like, babe. It's based on anime. Like, yeah. don't even try. Yeah, lots of people have that sort of style. Yeah. Speaking absolutely. of Trixie, who are some of your favourite um, RuPaul queens? Speaking of, of Trixie, <laughs> is she not your favourite? No, I love her. <laughs> obviously. Um, Did I? My sister asked me the same question for Christmas. She's like, if you had to choose one of your favourite drag queens, who would it be? Okay, first of all, Trixie. She's like, yeah, I don't think we have Trixie available for the present that I'm going to get you. And she ended up getting me that personalised Christmas video by Cheryl Hole. <gasps> I love so Cheryl I love, Hole. I know I love Cheryl Hole so much. So funny, my friend for my 30th tried to get me one of those. What are they called? I can't remember. Cameo. Cameo, yeah. Tried to get me a cameo from Adore Delano. Mm-hmm. But the lazy bitch didn't do it, so she paid. <laughs> I can imagine my, I know. Like my friend paid for this video and Adore Delano just never did it. Yeah, that's so I never very saw on it. brand for her. Yeah, but I still love her. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also love Katya, of course, because I'm a basic bitch. Yeah. I love Trinity. I love, I Trinity. love Trinity. From like, I think Bianca Del Rio is probably my all-time. See, I don't like her because 
because I used to really, really like her at first, and then you kind of, some of the tweets she does can be quite on PC. Oh, she I can, follow. Oh, yeah, there's mm. quite a bit of drama, so I'm on all the subreddits, which is like R RuPaul's Drag Race, but also RPDR Cringe, mm. and there's R slash RPDR Drama. And there's, <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> heaps of different subreddits that kind of stem off one theme of, yeah, RuPaul's Drag Race, but like she made a rape joke before, I'm fairly sure, oh. at the university. That's so and disappointing. It was, and then her response was, "You're at a drag show, like expect bad jokes," which I totally understand. That's part of. But the let's art punch form. up. Let's all just punch up. I just think if you can't be funny without being shockingly offensive and rude, mm. you should work on your craft. Exactly. Personally. Yeah, yeah oh, that's um, really disappointing. Yeah, so I'm that. really keen, really excited for that. But yeah, between now and I guess in the next couple of days and going to fringe shows, we should talk about our recommendations. Yeah. I have quite a few. Again, talking from last week, I love exhibition. So I've picked out two that I'm actually going to go see on Saturday. So usually what I do on Saturday is like wake up really early, have a coffee, go out, do my shopping, and also kind of like I love going to mod. Oh, I said that last week as well. But one thing that I'm going to go is the Adelaide Fringe 60th Anniversary Exhibition. And it's at the Adelaide City Library. And it's just celebrating those six decades of the festival. And they have like a exhibition where I think they have vintage posters and memorabilia um, alongside artwork from um, iconic Adelaide artists, which will be really cool. And I think one of the main people that they're showcasing is the person who created the cover for the Adelaide Fringe 60th Anniversary book. So I haven't been but I'm really keen to kind of see what they can dig up from all these parts. I feel I'm that kind of person like imagine having a festival imagine having like a parade where does all that stuff go yeah and people have it in the back of their houses and I'm like okay I want to see it it's a part of history seeing the one from what was 60 years ago quick yeah. math then quick math <laughs> oh, 2020 40 1960 about then. Yeah. <laughs> that would be incredible to see this sort of stuff. Can you imagine the 60s and 70s and 80s? It would yeah. be wild. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Be so cool. uh, yeah, I, I wonder what the history behind the creation of The Fringe is. You know, yeah. 60 years on, we're more than happy to go and have fun and enjoy it, but do we really kind of know what the backstory is? Yeah. And you're a huge history buff, so I feel like I this will be combining your love for history and your love uh, for The Fringe. I know, I am. I definitely am. The next exhibition that I pulled out is called The Art of Being Human. And I actually stumbled across this because I was looking for shows to recommend and this really stood out to me because it's a collection of art and music and merchandise by local Adelaide artists but people who have experienced homelessness or vulnerability and it's their art is depicting their experience of what it means to be human. I love that. I think that'll be so fucking amazing. I yeah. love art and I love how people can express themselves through art, but I think that kind of theme will really evoke so much emotion, so much passion and so much exploration from what people have experienced. And those words of homelessness or vulnerability can cover so many different kinds of people. Yeah, it'll be really powerful. And it's so important to look at art that comes from different perspectives and perspectives that are different from our own and things that yeah. we haven't, or I personally haven't experienced before. Mm -hmm. um, so your eyes up to the world doesn't it 100% so that will be really awesome I think they have um I believe it's 80% going towards the artists and 20% to the charities and services that support those people 
Amazing. Which See some really great lovely. art and feel good about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I like that. Just on the theme of RuPaul's Drag Race and queer artists, I pulled two really awesome shows, which I highly recommend. The first one is Yummy Unleashed. And Yummy, I sent a writer to go there last year and they said it was fucking amazing. I really want to go see it. It is just cabaret and, and art and the costumes are so cool. They blend the absurd and the astonishing and outrageous drag and burlesque all together with really cool choreography and I think it's a little bit hot and it's a little bit tantalizing as well and it's just really cool. I do know that they won Best Cabaret Award in Fringe World for 2019 um, which is a pretty big deal but yeah everything that I've heard from that show is fantastic and my last recommendation is for a show called Snap Crackle Pop and they're put on by a Melbourne production company called The Poof Doof. Poof doof. Poof doof. I don't, I don't, I really do not like the word poof. I don't like it. It's a very charged word for me. Yeah. Um, but I think it's that whole idea of reclaiming the word. Yeah. Um, so they do the poof doof mm-hmm. and snap crackle pop. It's on every Sunday and it's just like high energy, super queer, heaps of party tunes, live performances. Last weekend they had Karen from Finance. Do you know her? No. So Trixie has talked about Karen from Finance before on her YouTube series with Katya. And she's like this amazing Australian drag queen and she's really quite well known. So she was there hosting and and doing it last weekend. And then this weekend coming up, they have Yummy taking over (gasps) Snap Crackle Pop. So it's kind of like perfect. Two birds, one stone. So if I come and hung over on Monday, you know what I've been up to. (laughs) (laughs) There's no doubts that you've been at the fringe if you come in hung over. Yeah. No, that sounds really cool. It'll be really fun I saw so many people on their stories putting that up from the other weekend and I'm like where the hell are these people and how the hell do I be a part of this then I realized it was a fringe show I'm fairly sure it's at the Royal Croquet Club so it's really cool to have a Sunday night where it's super queer and everyone comes together so many sparkles lots of glitter and I know they always do a little bit of 80s music in there too which is my favorite favorite. um so I I really need to prioritize going to that so yeah they're my recommendations on the theme of what we we're talking about before about yeah feminism in pregnancy and on reality TV show, I know you have a couple of recommendations. Yes, I do. So as I mentioned before, I haven't been to the Fringe yet. However, I'm going this weekend. Um, and so I wanted to recommend the two shows that I'm going to see. Hard to recommend them because I haven't actually seen them yet, but they sound mm-hmm. right up my alley. And if you're into feminism and music and humour, then you'll probably enjoy them as well. Uh, so the first one is Friendly Feminism for the Mild Mattered. Yep. This is a cabaret show which is hosted by Millicent Saar. She describes herself as a friendly feminist. Yeah, so I have heard so much about her. Oh, yeah. And I'm fairly sure last week at the Fringe Awards, she won an award for having such a great performance. Epic. Funnily enough, too, a little bit of Fringe insight is that you usually see the same people winning awards every week to a degree, just purely because the PR agencies are really good at what they do and they're really good at getting certain shows in front of people's faces. Mm -hmm. So to see someone who's a little bit smaller, like Millicent, win that award is actually quite of a big deal people don't understand the back end of PR and fringe and award winning that actually does go on so a big congratulations to her that's awesome and I did a bit of research on Millicent as well and she's actually a local Adelaide woman so Mm. that's brilliant yeah that she's won she had a sold out debut season this year so now she's heading to the fringe and she leads an all-female band for a cabaret crash course in modern intersectional feminism I really wonder what that's about I love the word intersectional feminism too yeah so I actually quite a bit yeah so I have only learned what that meant in the past 
six months or something and have become yeah really really interested in it myself the first time i heard intersexual feminism was it was a big facebook fight in the comments and it was between people who i went to high school with who were vegan and feminists and they were saying if you're an intersexual feminist you need to be vegan because of everything that comes with that um i personally stayed out of that argument myself but it is an interesting perspective yeah it is a tough one (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i I never thought of yeah so for those who don't know intersexual feminism means that discrimination doesn't exist in a bubble so if you're being discriminated against because of your sex then that is one thing but if you're say i'm a 30 year old white straight woman Mm -hmm. who's able-bodied um, who's middle class say i'm a 30 year old white straight woman with a disability yeah who's middle class her her experience is going to be much different to mine absolutely because you're discriminated against differently with more than one thing i think it's really interesting work like starting work here and working with you like you're very very on it and very switched on and very feminist and so am i but the big thing is that we have to also sit here and be like we're also white women quite attractive (laughs) who live in adelaide and even yeah, though we, we can have a, see we have so much discrimination, we, we also have a shitload of privilege as yeah, well. 100%. And I think that is what a lot of people, they have too much pride to step back and be like, yes, I know that to these degrees, especially when it comes to corporate and the world that we work in, that we can see a lot of, whether it's internal or external discrimination for women who work in awesome corporate jobs, but in comparison to a lot of other people, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think when people try and fight against intersectional feminism, it's probably a lot of white feminists that are fighting against it and it's probably just down to white fragility it is really hard for us to take a step back and see things from other people's perspective sometimes absolutely a hundred percent and yeah i think we do it quite well um but i also think we'll never fully understand the line of where we need to even understand i think we can be like we're sensitive to this but we also have to sit here and be like we're never going to understand what we can completely and fully do because i don't think there's a right answer either when it comes to that it's just supporting people i think the most important thing that we can do from my perspective is just not take voice away from from those people well it's like I mentioned to you the other day whenever I do work um I will specifically go out of my way to hire queer people I loved this and I've never I'm yeah I've never even thought of this and I just think it's so brilliant because we do hire a lot of agency workers photographers people in in those sort of artistic fields and it's something that has never crossed my mind but well that's it is that when I've worked agency I worked for myself and you sit back just again even as the only really difference is that I'm a woman and not a different gendered person um, is that I see a lot of people in agency get really far ahead and get jobs because of boys club and stuff Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. and it would be even harder if you are a freelancer if you have you know any kind of different um, part of you that people could consciously or subconsciously discriminate against so yeah whenever I do work hiring a photographer or whatever it might be I go out of my way to give an up-and-comer or someone who's done great work but hasn't been considered before or someone a name that isn't like the first one to pop into your head it's like extra 10 minutes of googling or going on instagram and i think it makes a huge difference yeah i think that's brilliant and there's so many queer artists are french so <laughs> really bringing it back to the main conversation <laughs> point here Sorry, went on a bit of a so yeah like support so, your queer artists friendly feminism for the mild man <laughs> yeah um so as i said it's a cabaret show as emma said it's won some awards it sounds like it's going to be a really palatable way to consume feminism yeah. which i love because i 
I'm going to drag my husband along to it. <laughs> and I think that it will be eye-opening for him. I don't think we mentioned before, but we know that, that we're having a baby girl. Yeah. So I think it's really important now more than ever for me to be, you know, helping him with his feminism journey as well. Absolutely. And like you've said before, which is you'll really try to not make the fact that you're having a girl a big deal. No, I don't want to gender my unborn child. She yeah. can, yeah, she can be whoever she wants to be. I have another recommendation, mm-hmm. which is Rosie Waterland's Kid Chameleon. I haven't heard of this, so no, talk have you heard me. of Rosie Waterland? No, I actually haven't. Cool. <laughs> so I'm a huge fan of Rosie. She actually rose to fame after writing some pretty polarizing articles for Mamma Mia um, oh. a couple of years ago. Her first one, just on the topic of pregnancy, <laughs> the first article that she wrote was about how she would choose to have a C-section if she ever got pregnant, oh, yeah. because she Why thought, not? "Fuck blowing out my vagina for <laughs> if I don't have to." Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean and women's right to choose. choose. Do whatever you want. What's well, like, like I commented on a picture on Shit Adelaide, and I only got like three likes. I thought it would be more controversial. <laughs> but about, they said about, it's been a couple of years since they got rid of the grid girls. And people in the comments were like, me, 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 me. And my comment was just like, feminism is about empowering and giving the op- option for women to choose. Yeah. And for me personally, having done kind of grid girl slash promo work, I fucking loved it. Yeah. And that's, and I'm a very highly educated, strong feminist. Hey, if I get a walk around and people are nice to me all day, I get to take photos. Let me. For money. <laughs> I get paid for yeah, it really for sure. well. So yeah, so Rosie wrote that article and it went completely viral. Wow. I think it was I one of Mamma Mia's first articles to go viral. The mum community is one of the most oh. controversial. So yeah, you're going to have I'm fun. scared. <laughs> Yeah, just, I'm scared to enter it. Just um, don't hashtag anything. No one yeah. will find you. So then she started writing for Mamma Mia and then she became really famous for writing recaps of The Bachelor. So in the first couple of seasons of The Bachelor, she wrote this, these hilarious recaps. Um, they were quite satirical. They sort of paid out The Bachelor, paid out the women, but feminism was the overarching theme, I think, of all of her articles. Yeah. So since then, she has written two books, which oh. I'm a huge fan of both of them. And she also has a podcast called Just the Gist. So Just the Gist sort of does some recap, reality TV recap as well. Mm -hmm. But she also is a brilliant storyteller. So she tells some stories, but gives you just the gist of what went on. So the most recent one was the Titanic. And it's like, of the Oh my God, that's not what I expected. Yeah, the real life story of the Titanic. It's just random shit that she will bring up. Sorry? Sorry, my worst trait is speaking over people. (laughs) That's why I'm trying to do this whole podcast thing. I'm trying my hardest to learn to be a better speaker in conversation. Um, Is that a Mamma Mia podcast? It's not, no. So she she um, doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. Her name is Maybe if I Googled her a bit. Yeah. Anyway, so I as I said, she's a brilliant storyteller. And this uh, French show is about how she navigated her way through a really rough and unconventional upbringing. She, yep. Her father was an alcoholic and she had some issues issues there. And Sounds she moved terrible. around a lot. Her yeah, her mum was a sex worker. And so she yeah, she just went through a lot and she came out with this incredibly successful career. So it's sort of her journey through life. Go, go. I heard a review of it that said it's Rosie sitting back, like kicking back with a glass of champagne, telling yep. the story of her life in this hilarious way. Cool. You'll laugh with her, you'll cry with her there so i'm so excited that'd be awesome that'd be a really good weekend are you gonna go like both in one night or stagger it uh no i'm going to friendly feminism on friday Mm -hmm. and then rosie on saturday with a girlfriend and you know what that means is that you get two chances to eat um two different meals oh my god i'm so excited to have the bowel buns (laughs) i've heard great things i have the um the fringe food guide like i stole it from our newspaper that we have at work we get delivered every day the advertiser i stole it and i stuck it to the wall at my desk so i'm literally all day just staring at delicious looking food i really want to try the pizza i'm a huge pizza person Mm. do you really love pizza if you see a mystery pizza blog pop up you know you know it's gonna be me no, we should do a pizza podcast. Pizza. Oh, be- <laughs> 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 it'll 
it would just all be about feminism. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, so, we're eating pizza and talking about feminism. Oh, I love that. Okay, season two, here we go. Awesome. Those recommendations are really, really cool. Um, so thank you so much for joining me today, Emily. It was thank awesome you. to have you. I'm so excited to publish this. I hope the audio on this week's podcast is a little bit better than last week. As I said to you today, like I'm learning, I'm doing this all by myself and I'm the kind of girl, I will always put myself up to the challenge, but the audio has actually been kind of harder than I've expected. I'm pretty used to breezing through <laughs> through things when I start something new. I'm like, social media, what's that? Take a photo, upload it, people love it, great. Audio is a little bit harder. It is harder, now you'll get there. I'll get there absolutely um, um, thank you for having me no worries at all so well let me know how you go with your friend shows this weekend i'm really looking forward to this weekend i haven't got anything planned yet but i'm sure i will probably run into a couple shows i was gonna have a quiet weekend but i think i'm gonna take a mental health day tomorrow from work and just like get my life up to date on everything and then on the weekend maybe i'll have more time to have a bit of a party on the fringe which i'm Ooh. excited for and my friend alex gilmore tagged me in a little comment today have you ever heard of taking back saturday is that a bad so taking back sunday is the band. Taking Back Saturday <laughs> is like a little emo pop punk night they do at Rhino Room in Adelaide. Oh, I love Rhino Room. And they're taking over, the, yes, and they're taking over the Fringe Club. I love Taking Back Saturday. I also love um Transmission and it's kind of like cool. It's, yeah, me and my friends will go over time, so I haven't been to the Fringe Club yet. That will give me a little bit of an excuse to go and I think that's like next week or something. But yeah, look forward to talking to you, not talking to you guys, but talking at you guys next week. And next week I have my best friend ever, Maria on the um, on the show. She's the person who designed the graphic for the Fringe Benefits podcast. And we're just going to deep dive into how much we love Fringe and what it's like being friends for 16 years. So I'll talk to you guys then. Thank you so much for listening to the Fringe Benefits podcast. Check us out on Instagram. Shoot us a DM if you want us to cover you. And looking forward to speaking with you all again next week. Thanks so much. Bye.